Welcome to the Christian Ministries Church Podcast. My name is Josh Barnett. I'm one of the pastors on staff here. We're praying that this message equips and empowers you to live in the kingdom of God. All right, so now I want to honor um, all of our moms today. Um, current mothers, future mothers, grandmothers, great-grandmothers, stepmothers, young mothers, old mothers, spiritual mothers. I want to honor you all. Not mothers of pets, though. Um, yeah, that doesn't count. So do not post a post today if you just have a dog and you say, Happy Mother's Day to me. That doesn't count. It's not, we're not talking about animals. So, um, But uh, I... Uh, if you, uh, if you are a mom in this house, uh, will, you, will you stand so that we can honor you? Stand for, come on, stand up. Yeah, 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 yeah. We love you moms. Y'all are amazing. Y'all are incredible. Um, I, if you don't know me, my name is Josh Barnett. Um, I lead our youth group, our young adults uh, around here. And then sometimes I try to keep Paul and Tim in line. Uh, just to make sure that they don't get too far off. So I'm the reason that most of their hair is falling out though. So um, I have, uh, <laughs> I've done Father's Day the last couple years and I've tailored messages accordingly to Father's Day. Um, and now I've finally drawn the straw uh, for Mother's Day. And so I'm gonna tailor the message accordingly. Um, this is a Mother's Day sermon, but is applicable to all. So um, men, you are not allowed to leave. Um, Men, I have asked the ladies the last couple day, the last couple years to lean into the Father's Day sermon, so I'm gonna ask you to do the same. But I wanna honor, exhort, encourage, build up, prophesy to our moms today. And I am a man that stands here on this stage to tell you that I would not be half the man I am today if it was not for the women in my life. If it was not for my own mother, um, my spiritual moms, um, this lady here on the front row, uh, Miss Hetty Lou, has been a spiritual mom to, uh, to many, many, many of us. And I wouldn't be half the man I am today without uh, the moms in the room. And so I am grateful uh, to my mother, um, to my grandmother, to my great-grandmothers, um, to my spiritual mamas. Um, I, I really think about 2 Timothy 1.5 where Paul says, the faith that was in your mother and your grandmother I now see in you. Um, so mamas, you play a huge role in the faith that is going to be in your children. A huge, huge, huge role. And so I want to honor uh, you today. Um, obviously, despite what culture tells us, uh, men and women are different. Men and women are different. And uh, if you don't know that, it's because you've never lived with one that is the, of the opposite sex of you. Um, they are very, very different. Uh, the culture obviously has tried to blur the lines, um, but men and women are not the same. <laughs> uh, we are equal, but that equal doesn't mean same. We have different roles and different functions. Um, but I want to tell all the women in the house this morning that you are uh, the pinnacle of his creation. You are the pinnacle of his creation. When God began to create things, it began to, it was in a building order and the last thing in which he created was woman, was woman. Men, we are uh, to revere, honor, protect, and lift up women. We are to be gentlemen, not because they can't open the door for themselves, because they, but because they are the most valuable thing in all of creation. I thought the men would give me more amen than that. So uh, anyway, I'm praying for y'all today. Woo. We open the door, take out the trash, remove our hats, pull out their chairs, do the strenuous hard labor, go to war, stand between them and hell, not because they are unable, but because they are of high value. 
not because they are unable, but because they are of high value. I would make the argument today that this crazy demonic feminist movement that we have seen arise in the last 30 years happened because men have failed in their roles as leaders, providers, and protectors. Men became passive, lazy, apathetic, effeminate, or they became aggressive, subversive, abusing tyrants. But in this feminist movement, it is a worldly response to a man problem. This movement does not have the spirit of Christ in it, but I see God raising up women that he has saved for himself, a remnant of women who are committed to their designed function, women who go after the feet of Jesus, the hem of his garment, they are choosing the one thing, and they're going to cause the salvation of a generation, a Jesus movement like we saw in the 70s. I believe the Jesus movement happened because there were praying mamas at home, and God holds high value for the prayers of mamas. Just read your Bible. He holds high value for the prayers of mamas. I believe that this, these women are going to cause their husbands to get serious about their role and their faith. I believe it's going to cause prodigals to come home. Mamas, listen to me. You're raising giant slayers, prophets for this hour, evangelists for the nation, world changers, leaders for Jesus. You hear me, mamas? When men give life to women, women give life to the world. When men fail in this responsibility, life is taken from women and then from the world. And, I, and I'm not, this isn't like a beat up man sermon. I don't want you to hear that because I know we've got a lot of incredible, amazing men in this room. And I see a lot of women thriving because of the amazing, incredible men in this room. But men, this sermon is not for you, it's for them. So, um, but, I, but I wanna let you know, ladies, that all men will fail you, even your amazing husband. All men will fail you, and, and, and many of you have been marked and scarred by men who have failed you, but women, I want you to know where men have failed, Jesus succeeded. Jesus gave life to women. My title this morning is simply woman. So if you're taking notes, the title is simply woman. And if you're not taking notes, you'll always remember that it's woman. <laughs> woman nowadays is an insult oftentimes. Woman, right? If, if I, if, if, I, my wife says something to me and I respond to her, woman, um, I would be coming to church with a red mark on my face. Um, she would be finding the nearest thing to throw at me, maybe even one of our children. Um, that would be totally an insult. And today, oftentimes it's used as an insult, but woman in scripture is an endearing term. It is a term of dignity. It is a term that God has decreed over the female race, woman. Now, our culture oftentimes has a hard time figuring out what a woman is, but it's not hard to figure out. <laughs> it is not hard to figure out. We know what a woman is. A woman is a female that has been created in the image of God. Um, woman, woman. I'm gonna start with the first woman. In Genesis chapter two, verse 18, then the Lord said, it is not good for man to be alone. It is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. So in, the, in the, the story of creation, we have, and it was good, and it was good, and it was good, and it was good. And the first not good that we get is because woman wasn't on the scene yet. Because woman wasn't on the scene yet, so it wasn't good. And men, can I tell you, it is not good when we don't have women around. I'll give you an easy example this morning. My wife and some other moms spent some time yesterday getting our picture thing set up in the foyer. And during the first service, one of the letters fell and you could walk out right away and tell that a man fixed it because it looked awful. They used zip ties 
and the spacing was horrible. I'm not trying to throw any man under the bus because I wouldn't do any better. But my goodness, if you have ever been in a home where just men live, it is bad. It is not good for man to be alone. And, and, and my wife is pleading, anyone who took a picture in front of the mom sign before you came in, she said, please go take one now that she has fixed it. Um, please take one after this service because she has fixed it. She, doesn't, she will be dreading seeing all those pictures on Instagram and Facebook with the, with the uh, first M uh, not exactly uh, perfectly next to the other M. And I think you could probably see the zip ties in it too. So anyway, and if, if you walk out of the service and it has fallen again, don't let a man touch it. Let a woman fix it, okay? Please, 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 please. <laughs> Verse 19. So the Lord formed from the ground all the wild animals, all the birds of the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And the man chose a name for each one. He gave names to all the livestock, all the birds of the sky, all the wild animals. But there was still no helper just right for him. So the Lord God caused the man to fall asleep into a deep sleep. While the man slept, the Lord took out one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. Then the Lord made a woman from the rib and he brought her to the man. At last, the man exclaimed, this one is bone from my bone and flesh from my flesh. She will be called woman because she was taken from man. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united into one. Come on. Um, I, just the old, the old joke about when God brought uh, Eve to Adam, the reason that she was named woman is because Adam went, whoa, man. <laughs> Every time I see my wife, that's the thought that goes through my, whoa, man. She looks good. Even after four babies, she's uh, amazing. She was amazing. She's a superhero. Um, I, I, I want to look at this word helper real quick. This word helper is uh, translated from the Hebrew word ezer, ezer. Helper doesn't mean a servant or a ruler, and it doesn't mean weaker. Actually, three times this word is used in reference to women, and 13 times it's used in reference to God helping man. And oftentimes it's used in a military sense, which I think is bad of the bone. I love that. I think that's incredible. Um, I didn't want to marry a sweet little precious girl that would just sit over in the corner and take care of the kids. I wanted a woman that was going to go to war with me. Um, and that's my wife. Like, dude, she will punch you in the face. She actually broke a guy's nose in high school for slapping her butt. Um, she turned around and punched him in the nose. Um, so girls, for real, do it. You're strong. Um, uh, <laughs> I always call her my shield maiden. Um, if, I'm, if I'm leaving on a boat, I want her right there next to me and I want her to be the first one jumping over that ship with me uh, to take that ground that God has called us to take. I wanted to marry a woman that if somebody invaded our home while I was killing one guy, she was behind me killing the other two. That's the kind of woman that I wanted to marry. And men, men, that is the kind of woman that you have married. Encourage that in her. Encourage that warrior spirit that she has in her. She is Ezer. She is a helper. And a helper doesn't mean that she is the weaker one. Oftentimes, it's the weaker one that needs the help. God bless you with that. I love that Adam turns and says that this is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. He's saying she wasn't made from dirt. She was made from me. She came from me. She is my other half. And then it says that, 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 that a man will leave his father and mother to cleave to his wife. That I love that. And we see that we're going to see this later with what Jesus does with his bride. But Adam leaves, Adam declares that man, she is so important that man shall leave his own family to cling to her and start a new family. That he takes responsibility for her and with her that he joins to her, joins to her. Jesus has done the same for us, his bride. I love, 
um, when Adam and Eve sinned, uh, all through scripture, the sin is never uh, falls on the woman, it falls on the man. It was Adam's fault, it was Adam's responsibility. Adam was the one giving the instruction. Adam was the one that was supposed to be protecting her. Adam should have been the one standing between her and the serpent, and he was not. But I love that God addresses the serpent first. They have just blown it. Eve has just been tricked. She's just been deceived. And God looks at the serpent and says, even though you tricked her, her offspring is going to crush your head. Come on. Her o- and listen, ladies, that's why the enemy hates you so much. That's why the enemy hates you so much. Oftentimes, I think we see the enemy hating women in our culture more than he even hates men. That's why, that's why abortion is running rampant. He so tries to deceive women to think that that unborn baby is not its own body, but it's your body and that you have the right to do with it what you want. Why? Because God says that you will, be, you will be saved through childbearing. The enemy is terrified of the babies that women that you will have. And it, listen, it's clear, only women can have babies. I know that's hard for some people to figure out, but only women can have babies. <laughs> it will, right? Why does the enemy hate women so much? This is because the promise of a future comes through your womb. That's why he's working so hard to destroy you. This demonic gender ideology, the homosexual agenda, all of it is to keep, we got little ears in here, but I'm just gonna say it's to keep the seed from the egg. And even if that seed meets that egg, the enemy wants to destroy it, right? Because God is raising up a generation, always raising up a generation. That's why the enemy hates babies. He hates women. He hates women so much so that he's trying to deceive our culture into thinking that men can be women. It's asinine, absolutely crazy. On a biblical level and a scientific level, it's absolutely crazy. But that's what the enemy is working really, really, really hard to destroy our genders. And specifically this morning, I'm talking about how he's just trying to destroy women. It's an all out attack on women and childbearing. I also love that even after, even after she's blown it, even after he issues the consequences, but, but the promise is that her seed is gonna crush the head of that serpent. And then even, we don't get her name Eve until after the fall. And so like even after the fall, Adam says you're gonna be Eve because you're gonna be the mother of all living things. That is absolutely incredible. She messed up and he called her the mother of all living things. Oh Eve, I'm giving you the greatest honor in history. You get to bring my son into this world. Come on. She shall be called woman. Woman. The first Adam called her woman and the second Adam called her woman. Whenever God decided to bring the process of procreation into the earth, he created a woman. Whenever God decided to send his son, he started with greetings, favored woman. Greetings, favored woman. And it's interesting that Gabriel went to Mary before he went to Joseph. Whenever God gets ready to move us from one dimension of the kingdom to the next, when he gets ready to move us from the old covenant to the new covenant, when he gets ready to start procreation, he starts with a word, woman. He starts with a word, woman. When God got ready to do something in Jesseville, Fountain Lake, Mountain Pine, Arkansas, he started with a word, woman. And we're all in this room today because of a woman. I know Don too, Don came along. 
but it, right? But he started with, I'm going to baptize that woman in the Holy Ghost. And how many countless millions of people have been reached because of this little patch of land out here in the middle of nowhere? Right? You think we're in the middle of nowhere now. Go back 50 years. My goodness. This was, this was a swamp. When God got ready to bring in the next dimension of the kingdom in this area, he started with a woman. That's why we honor you today, Miss Hetty Lou. Come on. Amen. Greetings, favored woman. Whenever God got ready to start the public ministry of Jesus, Jesus began with the word woman. John chapter two, his mother Mary comes to him and says they've run out of wine at the wedding and Jesus says, woman, why do you involve me? My time has not yet come. She turns around and looks at the servants and says, do whatever he tells you to do. See, Jesus didn't do anything that the father didn't command him to do. And it kind of seems like in this moment that the father said, listen to your mother. <laughs> right? <laughs> listen to your mother. He says, woman, why do you involve me? My hour has not yet come. I want you to understand this was not an insult. This was a creation statement. This was Jesus speaking about the dignity of his mother, the value of his mother. And he decides it's not my time yet, but if you want it to be my time, if woman, if you want it to be my time, it will be. Woo! Come on. Jesus brought life to Mary. He's the creator and sustainer of all things, but Mary had the honor of bringing life to him. She brought life into the world. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Some of y'all have read the Bible. <laughs> it's a joke. She had the honor of bringing life into the world. Eve was the mother of all living things, but Mary was the mother of life himself. His love for her brought forth his public miracle ministry. He's saying, woman, if you tell me to start right now, I will start right now. He knew if he started then that the clock would begin, but he allowed her to move up his timeline. God has a special place in his heart for mamas. She came in intercession. She came on behalf of, and it moved his hand because she so moved his heart, it moved his hand. We've got to understand that Mary carried Jesus a lot longer than nine months. He carried, she carried Jesus a lot longer. Yes, she gave birth after nine months, but he had to grow and learn to walk and talk. And scripture says he had to learn obedience. Who taught him that? Mama. Mama, I'm sure Joseph was an awesome, absolutely incredible man. But Joseph would have died when Jesus was pretty young, probably in a teenager. And mama was still there at the start of his ministry. And I love, I love that the first miracle is him turning water into wine because this is significant of the old covenant becoming the new covenant. And it starts with a request from woman. The first miracle comes at the request of his mother. So happy Mother's Day. Moms, get in the gap. Don't discount the power of your prayers, the power of your intercession. I firmly believe that the Holy Ghost came and grabbed my heart because there were mamas that were praying for me. There were mamas that were praying for me. Not necessarily that there weren't dads that were praying for me too, but I believe that there were mamas that were at home on their knees praying for me. I love if you go to John 19, 
when Jesus is on the cross in verse 25, it says, now there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother and his mother's sister, Mary and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing by, he said to his mother, woman, behold your son, woman, behold your son. He said to his disciple, behold your mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her to his own home. I love that the start of his ministry and the end of his ministry is bookended with woman in reference to his mother. See, it's, listen, it's only an antichrist spirit that tries to shut women down, that tries, that tries to oppress the image of God that is found in woman. After he says this, he drinks, he drinks the sour wine. He says, it is finished, and he gives up his spirit. Listen to this. He started with a wedding with the best wine, and he finished his life with the best wine, his blood. His first miracle involved his mother. His greatest sacrifice and miracle involved his mother. This shows the care and esteem in which God sees women. Man is not to be on some conquering adventure alone but a woman is to be part of it all along the way. Even Jesus knew this. Jesus was never married, but he always involved women in his life and ministry, including his mother. Wow, that's amazing. Jesus came into a world where women were very oppressed. They were considered second-class citizens, virtually no rights. They were treated oftentimes like property. They had little or no formal education. Many times they were forbidden to speak to other men that were not their husbands. Oftentimes they couldn't vote, no political influence, couldn't be a witness in a court case, couldn't own property, could only worship in the outside courts. That's one reason that Jesus got so ticked off. He left John 2. In John 2, he leaves the wedding and goes to the temple and he begins to drive out the money changers because they were taking up the outer courts. He says, you've turned my father's house into a den of thieves. I don't think he was worried about the exchange of the money. I think that he was worried that he was keeping women and Gentiles from worshiping the Lord. My father's house will be called a house of prayer. Women could only worship in the outer courts. They couldn't be taught. They couldn't have education. Uh, one esteemed Pharisee said, I would rather burn the Torah than teach it to a woman. See, Jesus came during this oppressed time. Women, perhaps, were some of the most oppressed people on the planet. And that's why the gospel writers emphatically show the way that Jesus interacted with women, how he empowered women, how he taught women. Why did they emphatically show us this? Because it wasn't normal at the time, but it was gonna be a vital part of his kingdom. Where women are oppressed, the world is missing out on half of the image of God. The gospel writers are showing us what high value Jesus has for women. I'm gonna go through just a couple here for you. Matthew 15, Matthew 15, a Gentile woman comes to him begging for healing for her daughter. And at first, Jesus calls her a dog. <laughs> but she says, yes, but even dogs get crumbs from the master's table. And he looks at her and he says, woman, your faith has healed your daughter this very hour. Mark chapter five, the woman with the issue of blood, she'd been bleeding for 12 years, went to all the doctors, spent all of her money, bleeding for 12 years, wouldn't stop. She says, if I can just get to him, if I can just touch his garment, he turns to her and says, daughter, your faith has made you whole. 
Luke chapter seven, the, the sinner, the sinful woman, specifically she would have been a prostitute, comes into Simon, the Pharisee's home, into a dinner that she wasn't invited to. And Jesus even looks at Simon and says, do you see this woman? Do you see this woman? She has done everything for me that you have not. And he looks at her and says, daughter, your sins are forgiven. Luke chapter 10, Mary and Martha, he's at their house, he comes in. Martha, Martha, you're troubled about many things, but Mary has found the one thing and it won't be taken from her. See, Mary, Mary was sitting in a place that only men would have been allowed to sit. She was sitting and receiving instruction from Jesus, teaching from Jesus, a place that she wouldn't have been allowed to go. And Jesus looks at Martha and say, basically says, you're worried about all these other things. She's chosen the one thing that's important. See, Jesus doesn't tell women to get in the kitchen. He actually called Martha out of the kitchen. Come sit with me. Come hear me. Come let me teach you about who I am. Luke chapter 13, Jesus on the Sabbath day in the synagogue, a woman who has been doubled over, oppressed by a demonic spirit for 18 years. He walks up to her and he says, woman, thou art loosed. In John chapter four, Jesus goes to the well at Samaria and he waits there all day for one woman. For one woman, he waits there for one woman. And then he turns her into the first evangelist. She leaves that place and her whole city gets saved because of her testimony. Woo! It actually says that she goes to the men of the city and tells them, what Jesus had just done for her, save you think women can't teach men. God bless you. He turned her loose on a city. John chapter eight, the woman caught in adultery. The law says to stone her, what do you say? Without sin, cast the first stone. Daughter, where are your accusers? There are none, neither do I. Go and sin no more. John chapter 20. You've got Mary and Mary Magdalene go into the tomb and guess what they run into? Angels declaring that he is not here. He is risen. The first people to hear the most important message in the entire universe ever in history are two women. And they instruct them, go tell the men. They get the privilege of preaching the gospel for the first time. It wasn't Peter at Pentecost. It was Mary Magdalene who had been freed from seven demons. She was the one that got to run back and tell the men that he was no longer dead, but he was alive. She's actually the first one that gets to see him risen again. She's the first one that gets to touch him. Mary got to touch him. He doesn't say, woman, don't touch me. He says, woman, don't cling to me because I have not yet ascended to my father. See, she goes and tells them, and she's, I'm going back to where I first saw him because I've got to touch him again. The one that touched me and set me free, I've got to latch hold of him again. Come on. Oh. Mary at the tomb heard that first message. She got to preach it for the first time. Women were the last to leave the place of Jesus' crucifixion, and they were the first at the empty tomb indicating that the transforming power of Jesus had given the women courage and boldness to follow him openly. And a marvelous display of women's faith and God's approval, those women became the first witnesses of the resurrection. 
Now I want to talk about Jesus and his bride. Jesus calls the church his bride. That's how highly he thinks of you, woman, that he uses a feminine term to describe his church. Yo. The first Adam called her woman. The second Adam called her woman. Out of the side of the first Adam came woman. Out of the side of the second Adam came the bride. See, when they stuck that spear in his side and water and blood flowed out, that was the birth of the church. Out of his side came water and blood. With this death and resurrection, the church was born at Pentecost. It was the breath of God being blown into the bride to bring her to life again. You've got Adam and Eve. You've got Jesus and the church. We have been brought to him. We have been created for him. We have been joined to him. We are a helper suitable for him, his bride. That's everybody in the room. Listen to me, man and woman. We are to co-labor with him. We have been given the ministry of reconciliation. We are the city on a hill. And he refers to us as his bride. Revelation, at the end of Revelation, it says the spirit and the bride say come. Bride. The serpent came after Eve so that she could get to Adam, so that he could get to Adam. He attacked the relationship ultimately so he could steal their authority. But Jesus came to take back what the enemy had stolen. He came to overcome where Adam had failed. He has healed his bride, forgiven his bride. He now leads his bride, protects his bride, provides for his bride. The serpent has been defeated. He can no longer get to us because his head has been crushed. Are my girls out here? No, not yet. Hey, future mama's right there. Yeah. Single men? I'm kidding. Kinda. Yeah, Savannah's not single. Well, she's not married yet, though. <laughs> It'll happen. Ladies, I want to tell you this morning, you go back to that woman with the issue of blood in Mark 5. She was unclean because of her affliction. She was ceremonially and socially unclean. No one, listen, no one would have let her come close to them, much less let her come close to Jesus. But she made up her mind she was getting to him. She made up her mind she was getting to him. She had tried everything, spent all of her money, all of her resources to try to get healed. Y'all start playing whenever you're ready. To get healed, she was trying to get healed. And she heard about this man that was coming through town. She heard about this man that was coming through town. And Jesus was surrounded by a crowd. He was on his way to heal somebody else. And this woman thought, if I, she had the faith that if I can just touch his garment, I will be made whole. I'll be made whole. She pushed her way. And listen, everybody she touched by Jewish law would have been considered unclean when she touched them. But Jesus was so whole and so clean that when she touched him, she became clean. She became clean. Listen, ladies, women, once you know this morning, he is still here and he is still making women clean and whole. He is still redeeming. 
In Luke 7, the sinful woman, the prostitute, she was unclean because of her sin. She would have never been allowed into this religious man house, much less, much less while he was eating dinner with other men. But she broke in because she heard about this man who was walking around telling people that they had been forgiven of their sins. She would have never been invited there, but she made up her mind she was getting to him. She made up her mind. Woman, your sin will not keep him from you. You make up your mind this morning and you get to him. I want to speak over you this morning, ladies, that when he looks at you, he doesn't see a woman who's childless. Just woman. Not a woman who's had an abortion. Just a woman. Not a woman who's been promiscuous. Just woman. Not a woman who can't get her weight under control. Just woman. Not a woman who's been divorced four times. Just woman. Woman, you don't need to strive and manipulate to make your way to the top. You're already at the top. You're already the crown of creation. You don't need to dress up, use your body, flaunt on social media to be noticed. You've already been taken notice of. You've already been taken notice of. And if you let him touch you, you'll never sell yourself to be touched by another man. Woman, you already have his gaze. Woman, Abba is in the room. Your bridegroom is in the room. Woman, listen, the teacher is here and he wants to see you. The teacher is here and he wants to see you. Daughter, your faith will make you whole. If you can just get to the hem of his garment, there's power here that will set you free, that will heal your body, your mind, your heart, heal you, make you whole, sozo you. Success won't do that. A college degree won't do that. Career, money, notoriety. Listen, woman, a family won't do that. A kid won't do that. Companionship won't do that. Marriage won't do it. Entertainment won't do it. Drugs won't do it. Pills won't do it. Alcohol won't do it. Pleasure won't do it. None of these things will heal you like Abba's touch will heal you. Like the kiss of your bridegroom. Woman, listen, you are the fire that burns in his eyes. So woman, what excuses has the enemy deceived you with? What is keeping you from him? What lies have you believed? What voice have you listened to? Woman, who told you that you were naked? That's, Jesus. That, that, that's God's first word in the garden. Who told you? Woman, who told you that you weren't beautiful? Who told you that you weren't enough? Who told you that you were broken? Who told you that you were gay? Who told you that you were unlovable? Who told you that you weren't pretty enough or smart enough? Who told you? Who walked out on you that caused you to believe differently about him because he didn't? He'll never leave you or forsake you. Listen to me, mama. He'll never leave you or forsake you. Single mamas in the room, listen to me. 
He's got you and he's got your babies too. Single mamas, listen to me, get your babies in the presence of the Lord and I can stand up here and testify and testify about single mamas who get their babies in the presence of Jesus. That it will change their whole world. Who told you that you were unclean, unwelcome, unworthy, shameful, guilty, dirty? Who told you? Because he says, where are your accusers? Not here. Where are your accusers, woman? Not here. It's just Jesus and he doesn't accuse you. He calls you woman, he calls you bride, he calls you daughter. He calls you woman. So single moms, new moms, empty nesters, moms of little ones, moms of grown up ones, grandmas, great grandmas, stepmoms, spiritual moms. Moms who are infertile. You're still a mom. The kingdom is at hand. There are little ones that need to be discipled by you. You hear me, mom? You hear me? You are the crown of all creation. We honor you this morning. We esteem you. We speak life and value over you, moms. Woman. I'm gonna have these girls sing. As they sing, ladies, I want you to just receive. I want you to receive your identity. I want you to receive what he says about you, who he says that you are. Husbands, children, during this time, I want us to lay hands on our mamas and I want us to pray for them. Y'all stand with me. Find your mama. Find your mama. Or a mom close by. Find a grandmother. Charm can be misleading and beauty is vain and so quickly fades. But this virtuous woman lives in the wonder, awe, and fear of the Lord. She will be praised throughout eternity. So go ahead and give her the credit that is due for she has become a radiant woman and all her loving works of righteousness deserve to be admired at the gateways of every city. That's what we're doing this morning. That's what we're doing this morning. Let's pray for our mamas. God, we thank you so much for these ladies in our life. 
We thank you so much for these moms and these grandmas. Lord, we thank you so much that they have sacrificed their lives to raise us up in the way that we should go. We thank you so much. We thank you so much that you have brought them to us, that you brought us to them. We're so thankful that we, even as little ones, got to curl up in their lap, got to hear them speak over us. We thank you for the spiritual moms in this room. God, we thank you for our mamas if they're not in this room. We thank you for our mamas that have even gone on to be with you, God. We're so grateful that you have given us the great gift of woman. We're so thankful. And right now, Lord, I ask that you would encourage these moms, you would uplift these moms, that you would fill them with your spirit. Lord, from the youngest to the oldest, from the mom that is pregnant to the grandmother, to the great-grandmother, Lord, that they would know that the kingdom is at hand, that they have purpose and calling and raising up this next generation, a generation that will continue to crush and destroy the works of the enemy. God, we thank you for these mamas. We thank you for these mamas who sacrificed their bodies, God. Woo! There's glory in the stretch mark. <laughs> There's beauty in that, ladies. There's beauty in that. Those are marks of honor. And if that weirds you out, I don't care. Those are marks of honor. We hold them highly esteemed. We thank you that they sacrificed their bodies so that we could be brought into this world. Lord, we pray life and health over them right now. We say, woman, thou art loosed of your afflictions. Woman, thou art loosed. Woman, thou art healed. Woman, thou art forgiven. Woman, thou art his daughter. Woman, thou art his spotless, blameless bride. In Jesus' name, amen. We're gonna respond with worship. Let's let these girls sing over us. We're gonna respond with worship. You're not allowed to leave yet. Listen, I know that it's Mother's Day and uh, usually uh, if the mamas do the, the cooking, men oftentimes don't. And, uh, and so I know men that you're, uh, you may be taking your wife out to eat, but I want you to know that this is the busiest restaurant day of the whole year. So men, if you showed up right now, you would have an hour and a half wait. So I'm gonna help you. You're gonna wait right here in the presence of the Lord, amen? <laughs> All right, these ladies, these ladies are gonna sing a couple songs over us and I want, I want us to join in and respond to the Lord and thank him for our mothers. I wanna join in, in this songs and thank him that he calls us his bride, that he calls us his bride. And listen, for real, I'd rather you leave happy than stay mad. So if you gotta go, if you're meeting your mama, don't be late for your mama, okay? But if your mama's in the room, I want you to worship next to her for a little bit, okay? All right, I'm gonna let these girls go. You go before I know. 
my room Your love becomes my greatest defense Leads me from the dry wilderness And all I did was praise All I did was worship All I did was bow down All I did was stay still Who is this man? And all I did was buy
singing this I'm just was thinking about um, these words you go before I know that you've even gone to win my war when I thought I lost me you put me back together you picked up all my pieces you put me back together Mamas, I want you to know that, that your prayers will not return empty. Those of you who are praying for prodigals, who are praying for ones who are far from God right now, he's already gone to win that war. 
Why is it taking so long? Just wait. All you do is pray. All you do is worship. All you do is sit with him and you let him go and come back with the head of your enemy. You let him bring your baby home. You let him bring your baby's heart back to you because he will. Your prayers are heard. Your prayers are heard. Your prayers are heard. He hears you and he's bringing them home. Why is it taking so long? I don't know, but it's gonna turn out so much better his way. You just put your faith in him and it's gonna turn out so much better his way. Your responsibility is to sit and wait and choose the one thing. Don't you worry yourself out. Don't you stress yourself. Don't you dare blame yourself, mama. Don't you dare blame yourself. Don't you dare take that on your shoulders. You did the best you knew how to do. Now you just stay on your knees and you wait for him to bring that baby's heart home because he will. He will. Amen. Amen. Let's pray this out. Let's pray this out. God, we thank you so much that you are our defender. We thank you so much that you're the one that comes when we have fractured ourselves, when we have broken ourselves, when we have chosen sin over you, when we ate the fruit, when we walked away from you, when we took up arms with the serpent, you still said, I'm coming for you. I'm going to cut the head off of that snake and I'm going to save you and I'm going to remake you. Even when we have been broken by the sin of other people, we've been broken by broken people, you still come back in your goodness and you put us back together and you fight our battles for us. All we have to do is sit and stare and face you. You are our defender. You are the one that stands between us and hell. You are the one that stands between us and sin. You are the one that saves us and redeems us and washes us clean and calls us holy and flawless, blameless and restored. God, we thank you so much. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for the times that you have put mamas in our life, that you have put women in our life. We're so thankful for our wives, for our grandmothers, for our mothers, for our stepmoms, for those spiritual mamas that stood in the gap and refused to let hell have us. God, we're so thankful that you raised up great intercessors great intercessors. It's no coincidence that this Wednesday night we are doing an Esther play right after Mother's Day because Esther goes before the king and she saves more Jews than anybody else in history and all she had to do was make herself ready for the king. Mama, all you got to do is make yourself ready for the king and he will issue the decree that will save your people. Come on. Come on. We thank you, God. We prophesy these things. We call those babies back home. We call those hearts back home. We thank you, Lord, that you are faithful to finish the work that you start. Thank you, Lord. We ask all these things and we seal this time in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen and amen. Amen, amen. Mamas, grab you a cookie or a couple cookies because your husband will want one too in the foyer. And then uh, take your picture at the fixed photo booth. We love you, mom. Happy Mother's Day. Thank you for listening to this message from Christian Ministries Church. If this message impacted you and you'd like to sow into our ministry, you can give at cmchurch.com. If you'd like to listen to more of our messages, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for Christian Ministries. God bless.